while branded, I hope you understand. Work hard, play hard, get up, stack bands. Time to get up, then slap your hands. Chilling in the club with all my friends. Living in the moment, hope it's never gonna end. Love a new beginning, but I stick to the end. I listen to the beat, I hope to ascend. I hope to cherish, and I hope to win. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in for this week's Workwall Spotlight. I'm excited to have our guest on here, Talis Steele. What's up, brother? You good, how are you? Doing good, my man. Long time no see. Right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, owner of Mid-South 5. Yes, or did sir. I say it wrong? No, no Mid-South Mid 5. 5. Okay, Fitness. Yes, Located sir. in Franklin and Columbia, Tennessee. That's right. Uh, we briefly talked here recently about the meaning of the five in there. Yeah. So dive into that and like talk about what you do and then we'll dive into some more. Yeah, man. Um, I'm a personal trainer. So, um, you know, I own my own businesses. So that's been cool because I have my own location. So I don't have to per se, you know, train in a gym or another space. I have my own space. So that's kind of where the, where the business owner side come in because I, um, and I take pride in that having my own business. But, um, but from that, I am a personal trainer within my own business. So the five components of Mid-South Five when I created it was um, really just taking the things that I feel like keep you in the game longevity wise, you know. So um, for me, the five components that I recognize were uh, physical health, mental health, nutrition, uh, supplements, and then uh, rest and relaxation, R&R. So I count those as one, not six. Uh, <laughs> so that's how we get to the five. Nice. Yes, sir. And then. Uh... I know briefly when we talked in the past, you said you came from the, the corporate world. Yeah. And then that kind of just unfolded. Like, talk about a little bit how that unfolded. How did you get into it? Like, the, yeah. the start of it. Man, the start of it really, um, I will say I, I worked for Ford Credit, which I did that for 10 years from uh, 19 to 29. So I did that for 10 years. And um, I really, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was, it was good work. It was fine. But, um, people because I've always ran so running is kind of like my niche my thing and my sister wanted me to train her for a 5k so I trained her with my wife and then people at work found out that I did running and it was like yeah so then I started training them and I was like this is pretty good money but uh, of course I wasn't certified or anything like that so at the time my manager my boss whom whom I love to this uh, day Miss Vanessa she said uh, Talis she was like if you want to stay here so you need to look at the next 10 years, right? So you need to go back to school, finish your bachelor's, you know, but you're coming up on 10 years. What do you want your next 10 years to look like? She knew I was training and she was like, if you don't want to be here another 10 years, if this is not what you want, then really look at pursuing, you know, your personal training. And so, and that was kind of the deal. I, you know, prayed on it, talked to my wife about it. And I just took the clients that I had and um, subleased the space out in Franklin and, it's been 12 years later. Those, those five pillars of that, is that something that you've personally like, you've like unlocked each one yourself on your fitness oh, journey? Oh, and then yeah. you kind of put them together? Or? Most definitely. Most definitely. I feel like, so I'm, I'm uh, 41. So the thing is, and I say that uh, from the perspective that I still do a lot of stuff that 17, 18 year olds do. You know, I still get out, play basketball, run 5Ks, half marathons, like, so I can, I can still hang for the most part with the, with, the younger, with the younger folk, but I've only been able to do that because of what I have been doing. Those five. Yeah, those five pillars, because I do apply them religiously. Yeah. And so typically if something is off, if my body's not performing, even, even mentally, I know that I'm not doing something. So I always look at those five components. If I'm hitting all five, 
Then my body's feeling good. Yeah, yeah, my body's feeling good. My business is rolling good. Like everything is flowing, even relationships. Like those five things because it puts me at my highest level, and then I can actually allows me to flow at my highest level everywhere else. Nice. So yeah. When did you get into like the meditational aspect of it? Oh, uh, well, I will say, uh, well, I'm a Lululemon ambassador, so I'm a legacy ambassador now. So I did that for about four years, four and a half years now. It may have been, and that really opened me up into more of uh, just being present, being in the moment, um, meditating, and being still. Mm. You know, so when I started doing that, and uh, we would have work retreats, and we would do huddles, I really got to dive into a little bit more, I guess, more of the, the therapy side and the, and the mental health side of uh, training. I always knew the mental component was there, but I would say from there is when I really dove in deeper into it. Nice. Do you have a meditational schedule? Do you try to hit it daily? Man. Um, or when you, when you work out on days? Yeah. You know, the, the cool thing about medica- med- meditation, let me get that, not <laughs> medication. Yeah, we medicate. No medicate, <laughs> meditate. Um, You're like, that's a different. That's yeah, a- <laughs> it's totally different. But no, meditation, man, usually I take what I like to do. If when I'm driving in the morning, when I'm going up to my studio in Franklin, you know, I got 40, 40 minutes to think and to meditate. So I usually take that time within my car to really focus on my thoughts for the day, yeah. give praise for the day. And, and really just, I, I take a theme and I try to sit on that theme for maybe five to 10 minutes. Give so, me an example of that. Like, uh, would you say like an like adjective as like positivity or like a theme for the day or like? Yeah, yeah, it, it can be. And that's the cool thing about meditation. It can be any of it. Yeah. Right. So um, I would even take that aspect of uh, how can I show my family love? Mm. Like, and I'll take that out and, and I'll just sit back. Uh, and, and that's where I focus. So uh, um, there was a saying that a gentleman said, and I always hold on to it. It's like, you know, your thoughts are like birds. You know, so when you meditate, you, the birds can fly through, but you don't let them roost or nest. Mm. Right? So, you know, you'll have that thought of what you want to think about, you know, how to love my family or, you know, how do I want to build a relationship here? But other thoughts are going to come through your head. Yeah. So I pick that theme. So as those other thoughts come through, they just fly gotcha. out. Got you. They don't stick and stay. And that theme is what I meditate on. So it's essentially too. So like, cause like I, I've never done the theme approach and that's very interesting, but like, it's the same concept of like, you know, refocusing back onto your breathing. Mm-hmm. Like when you're like, all right, I'm losing thought, count my breaths again. And Most like, that, that's, that's, that's awesome though. Cause like I said, I'm just focused on the breathing, but having a theme will allow like every time you let that thought that doesn't have to do with that theme go by right probably followed by a thought that has to do with the theme exactly builds up how's your perspective on like teaching the meditational aspect i'm, I'm sorry uh, so much about the meditation stuff that's no. just like i'm into that stuff like yeah no i enjoy it um i do it a lot with the uh with the kids i coach um because i feel like they're they're, I mean, they're the next wave. Yeah. You know, they're the generation that's coming through that, to me, they really need it. Yeah. Um, I, of course, we all need it. I just feel like they have a lot of, a lot much more undue pressures and stresses on them with social media and things like that that I didn't have to worry about, you know, coming up in my, in my time. But um, so I really try to give them a moment to just sit down and breathe. So within my clients, sometimes we'll take a moment at the end of our classes and I'll give them 15 seconds of silence. Mm-hmm. You know, just giving them that moment to, I'll tell them to grab something. 
I don't care if it's your favorite food. I want you to hold on to it, whatever it is that makes you happy, whatever that thing is you love, I want you to grab it and hold on to it for 15 seconds. Breathe in, breathe out, and give them full 15 seconds of silence. So I generally do that within most of my classes and uh, even with my kids, just teaching them how to breathe, you know, how to relax. And, uh, you know, I call it, uh, man, it was a book, and I should, uh, The Mindful, I think, I wanna say it's The Mindful Warrior, but it was a good book, but he talks about being in the center of the hurricane. Mm. So that's kind of what I equate meditation to, right? All so, the chaos happening around you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So teaching people how to just relax and be present and to hold on to that thought allows them to get in the center of the hurricane where it's calm and where it's peaceful, right? So it doesn't stop the chaos around you. No. It doesn't stop it. It just allows you to how to sit within it. And then you can start making decisions with all of that stuff around you. Yeah. It's like you learn that I can still move, I can still live, and everything is not perfect around yeah. me. Because nothing is perfect, right? No. But, you know, sometimes the storm will calm down. And when it does calm down, you know, you're still in a good, you're still in a good space. It's, it's a great concept with it. Like you said, the eye, like you can still move and that doesn't matter where you're at. It yeah. moves around you. That's it. But if you're present, then it doesn't, it won't, well, can't say it won't affect you. Because I mean, right. it's still, it's a, it's a nonstop battle of continuing exactly. to stay present. But I like that analogy. Yeah. Are, you, are you a big reader? A little bit. I'm not going to lie. I don't read a whole lot. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I like reading when it's relevant to what I do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'll read like uh, The Mindful Warrior. Most of the names of the books I don't know. Uh, the Rhythm of Life. I remember that one's a good one. But um, most of the time I pick up a book and... I don't read page one. So my thing is if I can just open up any page and it grabs me, then that's my book. Mm. Like that's kind of how I choose a book. But it kind of has to be within the film, uh, within the realm of what I kind of like to do. So I'm kind of biased on that. Fair. So yeah, you're not going to have me reading a mystery murder yeah, no, novel. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that one, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now my sister does that great. I've always been envious though of people that could just grab a book and escape into a book. Like, yeah. I wish I could do that. I it can't just, either. Yeah. It has to be. It's usually something like mindset-wise or like exactly. something in that realm. That's wild, though. But, I mean, that, now that you say that, there are people like you could just pick up any storybook and they're gone for three hours. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, and they're living their best life, man. Yeah. I'm like, and I cannot do yeah. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm slick envious. I'm telling you, I'm jealous, man, because for me, like I, have to, like, I have to go drive around somewhere. Kind of like being around people, even if I'm not. You know, talking to anybody just kind of like the environment of people. Yeah. So for me, I like having my time and space, but then I just kind of like moving about. So being still reading a book is like, it's too still. Yeah, it's, it's too, too still. still. <laughs> too still. <laughs> That's funny though, because I mean, there. I keep saying that's funny. I don't know why. I've noticed that for this podcast specifically, I keep saying yeah. that's funny. I don't understand. But um, there's just so many different forms of meditation. Like, yeah, my brother, for instance, like. I'm a, I'm a big, like, I like to have, like, music playing, like, you know, zoned in, like, you know, focusing on breathing. Yeah. But, like, my brother, he loves listening to music, driving in a car. Uh -huh. That's it. Like, and, that's it. And that's essentially, like you said, your, your meditation times in the car. And I think that there's a, a misconception behind meditation where people think that it's, like, you're silent, no thoughts, nothing, right. and, like, completely, like, nothing's affecting you, but it's the complete opposite. Like you it, said, you're watching yeah. the thoughts happen and stuff like that. That's it. I, I would say the, the key word probably to me for meditation is self-reflection. Mm. You know, um, I think if anybody can 
take anything away from meditating is that you get to reflect on yourself. And when you do that, you get to make adjustments on yourself as a person, right? So, um, I mean, it's the equivalent of looking in the mirror. You know what I mean? You look in the mirror, you see some ketchup on your nose, you're not gonna leave it there. You yeah. see, you know, you see mustard on your shirt, you're like, oh, I'm gonna change my shirt. So that's all it is, you know, you just get a chance to take a moment to just self-reflect, yeah. you know, and you look at the things that are around you, that you love, that, that you wanna be, you know, and take a moment to hone into it. And if, and if you see something that's not there, then you get an opportunity to correct it, you know, but if you just don't take that time to look in the how will you know that that spot you is on you? You see it, yeah. Yeah, you never see it. So, um, and that's a beautiful thing because, like I said, we're not perfect. So it's always a little something that we can change or tweak, but then we might find that everything is, looks perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, and then like, that anxiety and stress of what you thought you were worried about. It's like, oh, what, what was I doing? There you go. There you go. And it doesn't take a lot, man. I always tell people, like, even just that 15 seconds of silence, and it, I know it sounds so minimal, uh, minimal. But for some people, that's the only amount of silence they have, you for know, real. and it's very difficult, you know, for people to be silent, you know, because a lot of times people don't realize that, you know, noise is a pollution, mm -hmm. you know, too. So some say you got to cut the noise, you yeah. got to cut the pollution out and yeah. just really be silent. And it's hard for some people just to close their eyes. I see it all the time. Just say it's the hardest thing you're going to do today. And we've done, you know, two mile run, all these push ups, hang cleans. And you tell them just to close their eyes. And to be still and breathe. Mm. And it's like, you can see them. You can see their eyes moving. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just rest like. And then once they get relaxed, it's like, You can okay. see it set in. Yeah. It's like, and there it is. Yeah. You know, and that is a good place to be because, you know, it's a time and place for, for all of those energies. You know, we're going to be turned up. We're going to work. But then it's a time to just, hey, self-reflect, chill, you know, take that in. Nice. You know, yeah. So what, what brought you into the Columbia? What made you want to open up a spot here? Man, I'm going to tell you, I've seen my people were so unhealthy here. Fair. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I moved back home. You know, I'm born and raised here. Um, Columbia? Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, born and raised here, man. So uh, Brown Elementary School with Thorn Center, you know. Uh, and when I moved back home, we were moving back temporarily. So we are going to stay here for a couple years, move back to Franklin. And uh, man, I was just, I was at the Kroger's and I was watching so many people walk in and out. And they were, I was like, man, we're just not healthy here. You know, and in Franklin, you know, everybody, you know, that's the, that's, you gotta be healthy. You're out running, sidewalks, whatever. Health is a primary factor, you know, and it is the, the healthiest county in Tennessee. So, is it? I know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, for their health was everything. And I was like, we're only 30 minutes south, yeah. only, you know, 35 miles. So, why are we not? Why are we not catching on? So um, the, at the time, I was coaching at Centennial High School, and I was looking for a space. I had some equipment. And I was like, I need about 1,000 square feet. And the, uh, Dr. Thiessen, I, was co I coached his daughter. And so I knew he had an office in Columbia. And I asked him, I was like, man, I need about 1,000 square feet. Do you know anything available in Columbia? He was like, I might know of a space. I didn't know he was messing with me, right? So he was talking about his own space because he did have a yoga studio and stuff in the back that he was no longer using. So it kind of just, I mean, it really just worked like that. And so uh, I wanted to make sure I could give back to my community. So that was the key was like, and that's why, you know, the, the moniker too is keeping the community fit because I want people to know that, that health 
is not something that you have to be rich to do or you have to you know make a certain amount of money lifestyle it is just being healthy and everybody deserves to be healthy so when i i started it i knew it was going to be an education piece because that was there was no other private studio around uh in the area so i knew that concept was going to be crazy down here <laughs> just because of that fact. Yeah, yeah just because yeah. of that and so but um now it's uh five years mm. in the, in the space i have here and uh I love it, man. I'm, I'm booked, the clients and the people that I'm able to see, the, the lives I'm able to impact, and just letting people know that you can be fit. It's okay to be in the South, you know, and not eat a fried pork chop. It can be baked. You know what I'm saying? Like, it you're is still old, eating the pork chop. You're still yeah, eating yeah. the pork chop. You know, you don't have to eat that every day. You might say for a special occasion. But, um, you know, that's the thing. It's changing that. You know, it's all right to drink water and not sun drop every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that and that has been, I would say, more or less the struggle here. But it's also the reason why I'm here, mm. and I feel like I'm I'm able to have an impact in changing that culture. Are you seeing waves happen since you've been here, or, or not even necessarily the waves, yeah. but like an overall, you know, shift oh, yeah. happening? Most definitely, like run clubs happening. Like, yeah, I, there is a couple more studios opening up here and there, but I mean, I feel like yeah. overall, you think consciousness of it's kind of switching? Oh yeah, most definitely, man. When I, so when I came here, like, uh, that was something I started up was the run club. Okay. So I, nice. I, so, you know, one of the things is I like to, I like to see people pick up things. Like I like to been able to plant seeds and see people pick it up and carry it on. So that was one of the things I did when I first moved here, I started the run club and we would meet at Puckett's. And um, I met uh, Lydia Jolly and uh, Sean Carney. And so they, we met up actually from that run group. From that run group, now uh, I want to say Lydia and Sean helped lead the one over at Asgard. I ran one here at the cab. I think another one now is meeting here at the cab. So all those things have bounced by way of just getting it out. Yeah. You know, people just needed somebody to start it up. Yeah. And I saw that. So I was like, well, we'll start it up. Yeah. Let's get it rolling and going. I'm glad that, you know, that it's continued to go, you know, five years later. So the run clubs, uh, you got other fitness studios opening up, other personal trainers seeing that, okay, it is a viable business because a lot of people see personal training as just a hobby, you know, not as a profession. Mm. So uh, you have a lot of people that just do it on the side, you know, because they say, well, you know, I've got myself in shape. I can get somebody else in shape, which is totally different. Uh, so I took it, you know, to a very professional and to me personal level. So other people understood that there is a business within personal training. Yeah. It's not just working for a gym. You can own your own gym. You can have your own space. So now there's like three or four other ones out there. So within five years, I mean, two or three run clubs, yeah. three or four studios. Yeah. Next five years. Double, probably double yeah. in speed yeah. at that point. That's it. And more people now are getting conscious and aware of their health because, you know, those spaces and those people are reaching people that I can't touch. Fair. You know, so, um, man, I, that excites me. That's why. That's why you're here. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. That's it. It's uh, just from hearing your story so far. It's like it's almost like a, a path, like you're fulfilling your path. And like you said, like, while you're working for corporate, like, it kind of just unfolded in that yeah. way. And then, like, meeting with Dr. Thiessing about that space, like, when did you, do you feel like you're aware of, like, that path and, like, things unfolding like that? Most definitely. Most definitely. I even chose my wife like that. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, so, 
I always knew we would be together, right? So there's feelings. I feel like the, what you put out is what you receive back, right? Some people call it energies. It can be, you know, you reap what you sow. You know what I mean? So you put good things out, good things come back. So for me, I learned early that the, the brain does not think in possibilities, right? It only thinks what's possible. So um, I've always applied that in whatever I wanted to travel and do. So mentally, I would look at, okay, if I want to be a personal trainer, how do I want that to look? What, it, what do I want it to be in my life? I would think that process Manifesting through. Manifesting it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Envisioning it. Envisioning yeah. it. Exactly. So when I do that, now my brain has thought the possibility of what it can be. Mm -hmm. So now it's just the execution. Whether I know how the execution falls, That's you know. That's not on you anyway. Exactly. You know, the main thing is that I put out into my brain and, and that this is what I want to see happen. So then I start moving in a pattern that gets me there, you know. And sometimes I don't even know what that pattern, how I'm moving, but it just happens because I've already said that this is what I want to see. Yeah. You know, this is what I want to see happen and become. And so um, even with, uh, yeah, finding Dr. T and even coaching at Centennial, I remember laying on the track coaching there and I was like, man, I want to coach here. I was like, this is the place I want to coach at. And the guy, uh, Coach Carter, seen me out there one day. He was like, I want you to coach here. You know, and that's how I started coaching. What was your thought when he asked that? You're probably I was like, like yeah, of course. man, <laughs> of course. You know, and the same thing when I stopped uh, coaching there and it was transitioning. Um, everybody was like, well, what are you going to do? Because I was there for seven years and uh, had a lot of great athletes, a lot of scholarship athletes, the whole deal. And I remember sitting at the track and I was like at the state meet and I said, I could envision them hearing them say Columbia Central High School you know, with the kids on the podium. I seen it and I knew I said, I can't stop coaching high school yet. And then I, of course, got offered to coach at Columbia Central High School. And then I just got that to happen this year. You're, you sound like, just you know. from what I'm picking up, like very in tune. And like my, my whole theory of like with our brains in a sense is like it's our antenna to connect to, you know, infinite yeah. knowledge or, or the divinity of, of the universe and like, it's like you have to be aware and conscious of your thoughts right. and how they come in. And it's like just hearing you say that, it's almost like those thoughts were being sent to you. Like, yeah. It's, what do you, you know, listen to them and pick up on them or let them pass? Right, right. And probably goes back to the meditation. Yeah. You know, meditating, prayer, the self-reflection. Because in those things, you get to find out what you want to do. So, and that's one of the beautiful things I learned in life is that uh, you can do exactly what you want to do. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they don't believe, they don't see it. And it's like, but once you tap into it, like once I realized that I was, um, I, I like the word, like you said, manifesting, those things were happening, what I was thinking, I said, oh, I'm tapping into something here. Like, let me keep doing that. So, you know, you learn as a pattern to it. And then all we have to do is follow that plan. Yeah. You know, I always say, you know, God has it laid out. We just got to walk. Yeah. We just got to connect, see what it is, understand and walk the path and the things will fall into place as they need to. Uh, we don't always have to know exactly each step. Mm. So that's kind of all I've done, man. And it's, it's just been, a, it's been fun doing it. And uh, I try to get other people to tap into that too, yeah. because it's not like, it's just for me. Yeah, no. It's not just for me. It's not like- You wouldn't be doing anything you're doing right now if it was for you. Exactly, exactly. So um, I love when people see it and they get to say like, oh, I, I can do that. Yeah. 
you know, it's like, yeah, you can. Anything you want. <laughs> yeah. Anything you want. You certainly can. That's, I really love that because, I mean, like I said, not knowing, like, that five, the meaning of that five, like, you really tie stuff together that, like, not taking away from other trainers or anything by any means, but, yeah. like, how many people are out there training that don't touch anything on your, me- your mental? Yeah. Or it's just only about the physical. And it's like they're, uh-huh. they're, they're all intertwined. All five of those things, like you said, are intertwined. Yeah. And that's, that's I'm happy you're, 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 like, hitting that nail on the head oh, with man. that. But. That's it. That's it. Um, I just feel like I found a, you know, because, like I said, it was a lot of searching and finding my niche. So I always tell people, you know, it's one of the things where you find your, I say, well, I have a, a fingerprint. You know, I, I'm just a trainer. I'm a business like anybody else, business owner, trainer, whatever, like anybody else. The only thing that sets me apart, that sets any of us apart, is our thumbprint or fingerprint. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's the thing that makes me me. That, that you know, I can come out with a worthwhile brand right now. I can do everything you're doing, but it's not going to be Tyler. Right? Yeah. It doesn't have your fingerprint. So that's the thing. It's like anybody can train. Anybody can own a business. But the thing that makes it special is you. And I always feel like once people understand that, that they're the special component, nobody can duplicate you. It's like, man. You're preaching right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's now is the sky's the limit. It's like I can implant myself anywhere in the world. And those ripples are going to happen. Exactly. Because there's only one me. Yeah. So it's 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 wild that how many people like are striving to be what they're not, right? And it's like you're so unique as an individual there that like if you could appreciate it yourself, then your mind and perspective will start switching and be like ah like man nobody else is like nobody else has my story yeah like nobody else could do the things that I can do I mean I guess you can in that aspect yeah. you know what I mean oh yeah that's wild but no they really can't yeah and that's the that's the beautiful thing about it it's like yeah. they can but they really can't yeah. yeah because they're not you so yeah. you know how they approach how they you know how they resonate with other people it's yeah. not gonna be the same yeah and it's I always tell people like once you tap into that and you understand that about yourself then you can monetize that you know and be an entrepreneur or not just understanding the impact that you have that you know you can be creative no matter where you go there's a space for you in this world yeah so i think that was the biggest thing for me even on the mental health aspect of it is knowing that i had a purpose mm-hmm. right the knowing that uh, wherever i'm implanted out here i can fulfill something you know and that just gave me a sense of pride and it gave me something that i could you know drive myself into and I feel like, too, that is a big thing that, you know, um, that as an athlete and as people where we identify ourselves as a particular thing, yeah. you know, if when we lose that, we don't know who we are. So it's getting to understand who you are as a person and that, you know, drives you to keep moving forward. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, you know, understanding just on a minimal level, man, it, you know, it can get really dark and rough out there. You know, because you feel like I'm the only one doing this. I'm the only one out here waking up early in the morning and doing this. Nobody understands what I'm going through. You know, you get in that space and it's like, no, you know, there's a reason why you're going through it. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's coming. Just stay patient. patient. In it. Yeah, <laughs> stay patient. patient, you know, and you will see it through and then it all makes sense. But, uh, yeah, a lot of times we don't get to stay in that space. Yeah, It's you know a consistent I mean? day-to-day battle to stay in that place. Yeah, yeah. Would you say I, I, you're very purpose driven? Like you, you know, you, you're you're in tune with that purpose and with what you're here for. When did that? 
realization of like this is what I'm supposed to be doing happen? Like, was there a time where you were searching for that purpose? Yeah, I would say a little bit. You, um, I wasn't necessarily. Let's see. I wouldn't say necessarily searching for the purpose. I always knew I had had something. I was gonna. I was gonna help people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's always my thing. Like I love helping people. So from that, it can go into many other realms, yeah. right? Um, like I, I always tell people, like my next chapter, probably when I'm 50, I'll probably be a barber because I, I, I like cutting hair. I do it for myself, but I don't like to do it where it's a business. Yeah. But I know it's something where I can help somebody, make them feel good, yeah, look good yeah. about themselves. Share time with them. Yeah, so I can always transition helping people into other businesses, you know, other um, entrepreneurship roles. But I, I would say it was just, um, it was, I would say my biggest breakthrough, probably, I was probably about, I had to be about 33, 34, and I was rebranding. I was rebranding, and uh, so a big thing, of course, I'm black, right? So um, if you can't tell on a, <laughs> a black guy in America, you know, there's not a lot of guys that was doing what I was doing. So I already knew that I kind of had, you know, it was an uphill battle. I've been told, no, I've, I've dealt with racism, things like that before that I really, I was surprised that I was going to deal with. And so I, I noticed I allowed it to hold me back from what I wanted to do, mm. right? Because I didn't want to be told no. So I would keep it in and not put it out there because if you don't put it out there, you can't be rejected, Yeah, yeah. right? So, so when I was- defense mechanism in it, a way. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, once I started realizing that I was allowing a person to hold me back and I wasn't even presenting it out there, I was like, man, this is absurd. In your own way, in a way. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm limiting myself and I don't even know what they're going to say. Like, and they may say no. I don't know. So from that point forward, I knew I said, I have to put it out there. You know, I remember my mom, she would say, uh, if somebody tells you no, put that O in front of the, behind the N and move on. That was mm-hmm. like her thing. Because she, I mean, she taught me a lot of, really all my business and entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship things that I know. So I was like, okay. I'm gonna put it out there, and if people don't like it, they can say no. Yeah. I ain't gonna yeah. say the other one, I was, but yeah. I was about to say <laughs> yeah. <it too. laughs> but but that's it. They can say no, so it was like it was a freedom yeah. in it because I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just trying to live my purpose. I wanted to train people. I wanted to coach kids. You know, I wanted to show people that I I am a viable asset in this space and in the world and in the community. And if they don't like it, they can tell me no. And that is perfectly fine. Yeah. But what I didn't do was that I, I didn't stop myself or not present it. Yeah. See, that was that to me would have been the the part of I don't like the word failure, but uh, that kind of would have been the failing part for me in uh, in my journey and what I want to get out there. So from this from that point forward, I made sure like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Either you want to jump on it with me or you don't. Yeah. And it's okay, but I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. And from that point forward, um, yeah, it, it's just been, I say that has been the point where I knew, I feel like that was the missing piece of connecting, you know, the purpose and seeing everything manifest. And then once right? that happened, you're like, yeah, oh, that's no, when the businesses like, blew, the yeah. client, like everything just, yeah. boom. I, it was no longer a search of, you know, are they going to accept me? Are they going to appreciate me for me it's almost like at a level it's like it was that you hit that self exception except yeah and at that point it doesn't matter man who else accepts you it doesn't it's it's strong it's strong and it's like if if people can get there sooner you know man life is so much easier 
you know, like you so said, you're still gonna have your struggles, but yeah. man, you're not trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up to them at that point. Yeah. It's, it's up to that person. Referencing that back to the, like the eye of the hurricane, like you're one, I feel like once you, you, you could be in the eye of the hurricane, all the stuff's happening, but once you're self-acceptant, it's almost like the vehicle. Right is now present that you can now take on yeah. the path, and you're still you know all the stuff still going on around you, but you're on your path. Exactly. That vehicle's moving. You got mentors agree. at all? I know you said your mom was pretty influential. Do you had any Man. mentors outside um, of her or her? Or she's really my main one. My sister uh, is my mentor, uh, and I had um, a lot of a lot of spiritual help along the way. Um, just just guys taking me under their wing. So I've had a lot of people, I feel like, whether they realize it or not, I'm always looking for somebody to pour into me. Yeah. Or, you know, I take a little nugget from them. Yeah. So um, I try to take a little bit from everybody. I feel like I'm, I'm always learning. Yeah. If you're right? not learning, then there's no growth. Yeah. So I always try to pull something from somebody. But I, I would say from a, a personal, I would say my mom, my sister, of course, my dad, um, even my brother, but my, I say my immediate family. I look at them for the most part, even if they taught me what not to do, mm. I take that as a lesson point, mm. you know, because a lot of times we, we feel like experience is the best teacher. And I'm like, nah, you ain't got to shoot me to know I don't want to get shot. Yeah. Like you can tell me about your story, about how it felt. Yeah. And I'll, I'll believe it. I'll believe it. So um, they, they have definitely taught me what to do. What not to do, I think that just comes from probably being the, you know, the third child, the baby out the family. So I got to kind of sit back yeah, and watch. Seeing them unfold. Yeah. Like, yeah I'm not yeah. going to do that. I'll do that. Exactly. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and, they, and they've been supportive of me the whole way, you know. But, uh, yeah, my mom, I'll say she was probably the most, you know, stone cold hustler that I know. Really? You know, she was, man, she, she taught me how to really work and grind and build your business. And... She, yeah, she was the first one to really, like, you know, show me uh, how to go through a lot of the, you know, the BS and stuff that you will have when you have your own business and being a minority business owner. You know, she showed me how to just, you know, hey, put those tears up. She was like, that person is not the only person, you know, that can help you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she taught me that at an early age, and I watched her run her business for 20-plus years, and so I really took a lot of what she did, and I, I really just apply the same things today. I really yeah. do. I look at what she did. I was like, well, what did mom do? But she didn't have to do that. She didn't do that. She was, why I got to do it? <laughs> you know? And I apply a lot of those same principles. What, what did she do? Uh, she ran a catering business. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. so she ran a catering business here. So she did a lot of the, you know, rotary, kiwanas, and uh, weddings. Man, she did it all. Did I, did I meet you? Was she at that... Briarworks? Uh, not this past year. No, okay. no, she wasn't okay. there. But usually when I do the uh, fish fry and stuff for Mule Day, she's the one that's doing the fish. So she does the fish fry and stuff. She we got the fun special racer. recipes? Yeah, oh, she's got it all, man. So she'll come out of retirement for me. She'll still get out there and cook. <laughs> you know, I get a little special treatment. But uh, for the most part, yeah, she, she just uh, hangs out. She takes care of her mother now, my grandmother. But... Um, yeah, I can pull out of retirement every now and again. You just hit that little nudge. You're like, hey, yeah. I would love that food again. <laughs> Man, exactly. But yeah, she she worked Monday through Friday, weddings on the weekend. Like she was on it, man. So yeah, I always, yeah. So I'm like, if if she if she can do it, like if she was willing to put the work in and do it, you know, so we could have a better life. I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. 
I can take it. So it can be done. Yeah. You know, that's what she that's what she showed me at the end of the day. Yeah. Is that it can be done. I think that's what we uh, probably miss a lot of times out there. We don't see the template. You know, we don't see it being done. So it's hard to believe it to me when you don't see it out there. So 100%. she got to show it to me. Going forward, you've, I feel like you're pretty probably in a present moment person from what we've talked oh, about. Oh man, most definitely. But do you got any like going forward plans with like opening up another spot anywhere? Or Absolutely like, not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, yeah, man, splitting the time between the two is good. I have a 15 year, so I try to at least, you know, plan five years out. I'm a really a day-to-day person, you Same. know. Um, I, I, I take to heart, you know, the Lord's Prayer, give us our, our, our daily bread. That's it. Yeah. So I really live by the day. I don't look, I don't look beyond that. And so I feel like if I get through the day, then I get through the week, I get through the month, get through the year, yeah. right? So, but even with that being said, I, I try to maybe plan like three to five year increments. Like, where do I want to be in five years or what do I want to do here? So, uh, right now, uh, my goal is to train for 15 years. I'll be at 15 years in three years. So, I'm just really being in that space right now of... Yeah, there's, no, there's no point worrying about after that. Yeah. yeah, you know you got three more years of this. I got three more years in it, and I just want to enjoy the ride. I just yeah. I just want to have a good time with my clients, enjoy the spaces that I have. And people are always like, well, what are you going to do at the end? I was like, I don't know. What's supposed to happen will happen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's like, I'm sure, you know, whatever presents itself, an idea, somebody a talk, and I'm like, oh, exactly. that sounds good. You know, I want to get back into food and stuff like that again. And uh, so I'm sure that opportunity will present itself. But as of right now, it's just being in the moment, finishing out my career in training. And I may continue training. Like, I don't something know. on the side. It could be something. Yeah. You, you, I just want you to know you just manifested something about the food. And you said, no, food, that's going to yeah. happen. You said it. It's like, hey, going to happen. That's always been in the back of my head. Like, that was the, that was the next transition, you know, if I could. Um, I always thought I would do morning, do like a breakfast thing or something mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, and I've done it because I've helped my mom do it for so many years. So it wouldn't be far-fetched. I'm a foodie. It was just one of the reasons why I work out. Because if I didn't, I'd probably be 400 pounds myself. So, uh, What's yeah. your favorite food? You got a favorite? Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm a breakfast guy, man. I'm, 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 I'm fried rice all the time. I probably eat that at least three to four times a week I make it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a steak guy. I love you steak, know, yeah. steak. And then, I, and then I'm, a, I'm a seafood guy. Like, I do, like... You know, my mahi-mahi, my salmon. So I'm a protein and, and veggie kind of guy. But yeah. um, for whatever reason, breakfast is like, I love breakfast because it starts the day. Mm-hmm. And But if you have a bad breakfast, it's not the end of your day. You get that. Right? You, you can recover. Yeah, you can recover <laughs> from it. So I noticed when uh, dinner time, man, in business, dinner time, like people expected you to end their day on a great note. And sometimes it just didn't happen. You know, so it's like, man, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. So give me breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do the breakfast for you. Hopefully I get you on a good day. But just in case I'm having an off day, it's like, you know what? It's not the end of the day. Yeah. That's, I can make up for it. Yeah, I can, I can make up for yeah. it. They'll come back and see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that'll probably be the next move. Um, but I, I'm just going to let that happen naturally, yeah. Yeah. you know, as it comes in. So, yeah, man, that's probably what it'll be. Nice. There's a question that I like to ask everybody on the podcast. But if you can go back to a specific age and then give yourself advice, what what age and what would you tell yourself? Ooh, uh, it was I was probably, let's see, it's been about five years ago. 
So I probably like 35 or 36, somewhere around there. So at the time, um, the place that I was training at, they, sh they closed the doors while I was subleasing, unbeknownst to anybody. So I pulled up that morning, they had the chains on the door, so I'm pretty sure people have heard wow. those stories before. But it happens, man, and it's shocking, right? Because it's like, oh man, this is my livelihood, this is how I provide financially. So what I did was, I just went into an overdrive mode, right? It was like nothing was gonna get in my way. I was like, boom, I don't, I'm, nobody's ever gonna be able to take anything away from me again. And that was probably one of the worst decisions I made. It's <laughs> not what I was expecting you to say. I yeah. Thought you were, yeah, I'm not even gonna lie because I alienated so many people mm. from that. Like, don't need you. Don't need yeah. you. Don't need you. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I can do it. I can. I'm gonna make sure to because if it's gonna fall, it's gonna fall on me. Yeah. Right. And so um, I appreciate again that just to being able to self reflect and be and was like. Um, that is not how God wants you to be. You know, that's not how he wants you to act. You know what I mean? So I really had to look at myself as a person, meditate the self-reflection and say, you know, because on a business level, things look good, but on a personal level, a lot of things were crappy. You know what I mean? So that's how I knew that things were, you know, was off. Yeah. You know, because if business is going great, the personal life should be great too, yeah. but they weren't meshing up. So I had to do a lot of self-reflection at that point in time. And I realized, you know, it's like, hey, it's not the end of the world. Anything you lose, you know, materially, if you can get back. Anything you lose materially, you can get back. You know, and that's why I had to realize, like, and you don't have to be a uh, me against the world attitude to get there. You know what I mean? If so anything, I kind of... Yeah, that holds you down. If anything, yeah, yeah, it holds you down. So I kind of equated it to... Um, uh, Peter, when he uh, denied Jesus three times, right? And it's like, how could he deny Jesus? And he knew what he was supposed to do. Like, that's how I felt. Like, I knew what I was supposed to do, and I didn't do it. But God still saw something in Peter to allow him to see that, you know, it's not the end. You know, I still love you, and I still accept you, Yeah. right? So that's how I felt. It's like, okay, it's not the end. God still loves me and still accepts me, right? But now I have an opportunity that if that situation ever presents itself again, I know that I will be prepared to make a better decision. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But we never know what we do in the heat of a moment. No, no. That's one thing I've learned big. Like everybody says, oh, I would never do that. I would never. It's like you never know until it's presented to you. And I say, hopefully you make the right decision. But even if you make the one that's a little off, just know that you can always regroup and get back on track. And if you really think about it too, like the, the decision that may not have been the right one could be happening for a self-reflection check exactly and then like I, I say this almost every podcast too but there's the perspectives of like you can think this happened for you or to you right and for you is a lot more powerful than to yeah. you yeah most definitely I like that one baby you like you like, like that, that one I like it's that powerful one, I'm taking nuggets right now yeah, take it take, take it because yeah. that, that one I learned that's why like I almost try and say that almost like if, if it allows me to in the conversation allows in the podcast but like it's powerful because yeah. like everyone's story, everything that makes you who you are, like that the, it's the victim mindset, mm -hmm. you know, like you, you could grow up like, man, I, I, I grew up with this or like, you know, my, my parents abused me or like, and not trying to say that like, like downgrades towards anybody, but like yeah. your story is unique. Like what we were saying, like you are you and you can turn that to a positive positive always you can like you yeah. can like you can i'll point at you and tell you yeah, <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> do it as quick as possible yeah that would be my thing like yeah do it as quickly as you can because the longer you sit in it it's um i told one of my kids and i said you know the best way to get out of a hole is stop digging 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. it's like at some point in time, you got to stop digging that hole and say, okay, enough is start enough. Start climbing out. Yep, it's time to start climbing out. So I feel like if I had to go back in life and redo that thing a little bit different, I would definitely do that a little bit different. I would definitely handle that situation um, a whole lot better. You know, but um, yeah, but like you said, I did learn from it, and I I wouldn't have had I not gone through it, but I still would have, ah, yeah. I would I would done a little different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, that kind of goes back to, like, the community aspect, which is like you were saying, like, the community here was lacking that, in a sense, and yeah. it's like you went through your journey, and it's like, now you're providing the community, the knowledge, the place, yeah. the guidance to make those decisions right that better themselves yeah that's it that's it and I, I wanted them to know you know and being from here that you know you can do it and be from here yeah that was one of my biggest things too is like people i felt like um you know if you're not from here columbia is a very unique place mm -hmm. and we're very protective of our own too so um from from being born and raised here i want to let people know that hey I'm a Colombian. I'm not an outsider. I want you to know that I grew up just like you. I grew up, you know, same country road, you know, same riding bicycle up and down the street, you know, and that you can still be what you want to be. You know, being from Colombia, a small town does not have to prevent you from whatever your goals are, health-wise, fitness-wise, whatever it is, business, you can accomplish it even being from here. So moving back home, like, that was one of the big things was um, – Letting people know that one of the, the best ways to get to where you want to be is just first by taking care of your health. So I always tell people, if you get a call, you know, I don't care if it's God calling you to go here somewhere to travel or a business call, but you can't get on that airplane because your blood pressure is too high. It's like, man, you just missed out on the opportunity. Why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, nah, we need to take advantage of that yeah. opportunity, yeah. right? So that was kind of the thing when I moved back was trying to get them to understand, like, we're, don't miss out on life on something you can easily just go walk 15 minutes. You know, that's it. That was well said right there. Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> it's 15 minutes. Like you could scroll on your phone for 15 minutes. Man, that's all we need. So, yeah, moving back home and seeing those things happen has been a true, true blessing, man. It's been, it's been I mean, it's been a fun ride. So, I'm going to ride it, you know, as long as I can. Yeah. You know, we so. definitely know we got three years left on the table. So, yeah. we're going to ride it there. But then, then, you know. then what's next is what's next. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well. Open this bad boy up, bro. Like All right, I've been looking at this the whole time, man. This is what I've been waiting on, man. Is that a particular camera I'm supposed to look into? No, open no, it up. No, is this is this one the one that's that one on is me, right? You, though. That you, one you is You want to give him a little pure smile? Ah, oh, man, let's check it out. Whoo, we got the white. Oof. Yeah, let, let's get that right there. Oof. That is nice. And you know blue is my favorite color. I you know, know, I did a little research on the, yeah. the socials, and I, I seen that you have the uh, that blue and black TriStar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like, my favorite like, color yeah. right there, man. That's nice, brother. Nice. I, I will wear it well. Hey. I will wear it well. Hey. well. Thank you, my man. Bro, I appreciate you coming on and sharing yes, your story and, and just your journey with me, bro. Like, right. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Hey. My pleasure. Ooh. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Never forget that you are worthwhile. Always strive to be the best version of yourself. Go check out my boy. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Worthwhile Spotlight. Our goal is to motivate people to become the best version of themselves possible through the power of storytelling. Our stories are written by the things that we experience growing up, and these experiences, negative and positive, shape who we are and what we stand for. 
The beautiful thing about your story is that you get to decide how it's told. So as a diamond in the rough of life, hang tight and let your light shine bright.